Welcome to our new podcast series, Round Rock Sunday Sermons. My name is Brad Britton, Senior Pastor at First United Methodist Church of Round Rock. We are so glad you've connected with us. You can connect in different ways through social media, through our live streams on Facebook or YouTube, our website, fumc-rr.org, use hashtag fumcrr. Also, please leave a five-star review. We are here to walk with you and look forward to seeing you soon, however you join in. In the very near future, we'll be adding community missions to these podcasts, so stay plugged in to find out how you can help. We want you to know that we want to get to know you, to connect with you, and be the church where you can plug in and grow in your faith in Christ. And so thank you. We welcome you, and let's take this journey together. God, help us to hear a word of hope and grace and love and what you say to us and through us, and that we too today might come to understand what it means that nothing is impossible with you. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Uh, So in the New Testament, we have uh, four Gospels, which are uh, the story of Jesus' life. Uh, Think of them as biographies. That's really, really what they are, and uh, the good news of God coming to be one of us, yet still, still God. So you have four of those. You have letters that make up the rest of uh, the New Testament. And uh, Luke wrote Luke's Gospel and Acts. So over 25% of the New Testament uh, was written by Luke. It's a pretty big chunk and a pretty important uh, piece. The four Gospels in chronological order as far as the date that they were written, uh, many believe that Mark was written in the 60s, not 1960s, but like 60s, like 60s, long time ago. Matthew and Luke were written 80s to 90s. Then John is considered to be the last gospel that was written. But all of them tell the story of God becoming us, one of us, in in Jesus, the Son of God. And it tells the story of this wonderful life, the teachings, uh, the healings, ultimately a crucifixion and a resurrection for our for our life, our salvation. And that's that's the story. That's that's why we're here. And especially in this season, as we think about Advent and leading up to, to what this really means. Luke began his gospel in the very first chapter, the very first few verses by dedicating it to someone named Theophilus. We don't know who that was, but we know the name Theophilus means friend of God. So in a sense, Luke could be saying to all who read this gospel throughout the centuries, I'm dedicating to this to you, friends of God. So you could think of it in that way. Uh, He then went on to say that he had not been an eyewitness to the things that happened with Jesus. So he said for a very long time, he investigated the things that happened in relation to Jesus's life. So if you're a good biographer, you do research on the person that you are writing a biography about. And that would include many, many conversations with people that had interactions with that person. So I cannot help but think that on the top of Luke's list, if she were still alive at the time, we don't know, but if she were, I would think one of his first contacts would be to Mary. Mary, do you have a few minutes where we could talk? 
And I can just imagine Mary walking into the interview room. Luke is there at the table. He has his legal pad out, his pens, maybe a cup of coffee. He's got the recorder. You know how you sit down and just press record and say, go, start talking. You can just picture that. And, and she comes into the room and they begin to have this dialogue. I can just imagine it. So Mary, tell me, tell me about him. Well, it came out of the blue. I didn't ask for it, but God sent this angel named Gabriel to tell me that I was going to give birth to the Son of God. And I couldn't believe it. Number one, I was a virgin. Number two, why in the world would God become one of us in the first place, and especially through somebody like me? I mean, more than likely she was a teenage girl, and she could think, I'm just this young, young girl maturing into what it means to be a woman, and now you tell me this? Um, I couldn't believe it, so I questioned it, and then uh, Gabriel said, don't worry about it. The uh, God will overshadow you, will take care of you. This will be accomplished through you. You will be highly favored and blessed. And I'll never forget it, Luke. Right at the end, right at the end of that experience, he said something to me that I've never forgotten. In fact, I've thought about it often as I've gone through my life with Jesus. He said, remember that nothing is impossible with God, and I've never forgot it. Well, now she really has Luke's attention. I mean, he's like, say more, Mary. And she continues in the interview. She says, well, there was this time that we went up to uh, Passover. Uh, we were at the temple like we always would go. We traveled as a family with all of the, the people with us, and Joseph and I went back home, and after a day, we realized we're missing something, like our son. He, he, he wasn't with us, so we, we hurried back to Jerusalem, and for three days, we searched for Jesus. Three days. And then she said to Luke what every parent has said to someone else, do you know how terrifying it is when you can't find your child and one minute seems like an eternity. Three days we searched for him. Then when we found him, he was in the temple talking with the religious leaders and he had the audacity to say to me, why were you searching for me? I wanted to put him in time out for like a month. Three days we've been searching for you and you say, why are you searching for me? But then he continued and he said, didn't you know I should be in my father's house and and she said in that moment I kind of felt two things at once I wanted to put him in time out but then I actually truly felt and could see in his eyes that he was where he needed to be and and I remembered what Gabriel said he said for nothing is impossible with God and and I remembered oh and Luke I got to tell you this story too we went to a wedding once we went to this wedding, and it was a great wedding. And Luke, you know how these weddings are. It's a whole week-long celebration. It's just, it was wonderful. 
I was there with Jesus and some of the disciples and some other friends, and lo and behold, they ran out of wine. You never run out of wine ever in that setting. So I, I looked at Jesus and I said, hey, they're out of wine. And then you know what he said to me? I wanted to put him in timeout for this too, by the way. He said to me, essentially, what's that to me? Well, I'd had enough of the back talk. And even though he was an, an adult, I still wanted to put him in timeout. So I just took care of it. I said to one of the servants, just do what he says. In other words, Jesus, take care of it. Well, he took care of it. There were six purification jars with water totaling up to 180 gallons, and somehow, some way, I don't know how he did it, but he changed that water to wine, and it wasn't Boone's Farm, let me tell you. It, it was the best. And I was reminded again of what Gabriel said, for nothing is impossible with God. And this went on all through my life with Jesus but then we got towards the end, and we noticed that people started falling off one by one because the things he taught were not what they wanted to hear. He hung out with the wrong crowd, according to the religious people, and it just wasn't going well. In fact, it was going so poorly that they arrested him in a garden one night, and then they beat him. And then they took him to the cross. And for the first time in my experience with Jesus, I, I began to question Gabriel. Everything up until that point, I really could believe it. Nothing is impossible with God. But as I stood there, as he was carried away to the cross, I began to wonder. Anybody here ever get there? You know, it, it, it's one thing to take a verse like that, nothing is impossible with God, and, and think about it when things are going great. It's like, yes, wonderful. I must be living right because everything's going well, and I love that verse. Nothing is impossible with God, but then, then you're in the hallway of the ICU, on the phone trying to explain to family and friends what's happened to your spouse. Then you're sitting one day maybe in the living room trying to put the pieces back together of either a broken marriage or a relationship and you wonder, is it really true? Nothing is impossible with God. You know, uh, as Christians, we believe that uh, God has become one of us in Christ and that, that truly nothing is impossible with God. Not even, not even death can overcome us, but we have to face the reality that as human beings, uh, that is what we all must face one day. And as much as we pray for maybe a healing of something with a loved one or even ourselves, and, and when it doesn't happen, that is not the time to lose our faith or to question God. It's the time to double down and say, no, nothing is impossible with God, not even overcoming death. 
Well, Mary continued. She said, I was there at the base of the cross and I was standing next to the disciple whom Jesus loved so much. And my son looked down from the cross and his eyes met my eyes and those were the same eyes that I gazed into the day that he was born. And it was as if in that moment he said, I'm about to do something for you that I couldn't fully do because I'm God and having to be God. I want to give you to this beloved disciple. And he says to his other disciple, here is your mother, take care of her. And he put them together right there before he breathed his last. And she said, I I don't know how, but somehow just like when God overshadowed me, when Gabriel gave me the news, it was almost as if I was overshadowed in that moment. And I believed again. Nothing is impossible with God. I obviously believe that. I wouldn't do what I do if I didn't believe that. I've seen it in so many people. In my short time here at at this church, I've seen it. Um, Steve and Stephanie, you know, that was back January, they were talking about coming to worship here. I was greeting at the doors at the uh, Council Oak Preschool the following week, and I'd never met Steve. He comes up to me, literally tears in his eyes, talking about how he is hoping and praying that maybe this church could be a part of putting his family back together. And late this week, I was talking to Steve about the service, and he was already on the schedule to read Scripture. And do you know I changed the Scripture passage about uh, midweek? I just changed it. It's like, "Ah, I want to do this instead of that. And the reason I tell you that is because you can't plan what you're about to hear. Earlier this year, way back at the beginning of their journey, Stephanie gave him a bracelet. And do you know what the bracelet says? It's a scripture verse, Luke 1.37. For nothing is impossible with God. He's wearing it today. You know, God does things to us and with us. I think a lot of times we give ourselves way too much credit for our things relating to spirituality, even to just life itself, when when really it's more about what the Holy Spirit does in us and through us. Uh, You know, you can get a new heart, you know that? It is an option to have a different life and to look at things differently. I can become more forgiving. I can become a person that receives grace freely and extends it freely. That is possible. I have a friend named Mike. Years ago, he was having heart trouble and uh, required a heart transplant. And he received a heart from a young man that was killed in an accident. Uh, Mike died a couple of weeks ago. But he had this heart for... 15 or so years. And one day he got a call from the mom of the young man that was killed who donated his heart. And she said, 
would it be okay if we could meet up? And would you mind if I brought a stethoscope so that I could put the stethoscope up to your chest to hear my son's heart beat again? Can you imagine? Nothing is impossible with, with God. Well, Jesus was taken from the cross, and Mary continues the story with Luke. She said, I knew they were going to place him in a tomb, and there were rumors about him saying that he would one day be raised again, but I was just hoping it was true. But none of us knew for sure. I mean, who does that? Well, sure enough, three days later, he's resurrected. And he appeared to us over a number of days. And as he ascended to heaven, we were all there. And I saw the one that came to me unexpectedly depart unexpectedly, but for some reason it felt like it was okay and, and that nothing's impossible with God. Luke is writing feverishly at this point. He's beside himself. He doesn't know what to think. I mean, we've just talked about someone being crucified, placed in a tomb, three days later being raised again. He is writing feverishly, and they finally finish up the interview. He presses stop on the recorder, closes the notepad. Mary is walking out of the room, and she stops abruptly. Just as she exits the door, she pokes her head back in. She goes, Luke, one more thing. You got a second? Yes. He opens the notepad back up. She says, now look, I'm not telling you how to write your story. I know you just asked me for some information. And far be it from me to tell you what to put in your story and what not to put in your story. But whatever you do. Whatever you do, do not, under any circumstances, leave out that part. Do not leave it out, that sentence that Gabriel said to me, for nothing is impossible with God. You got it, Luke? Don't leave it out. You can't live life without it. Let's pray. God, nothing is impossible with you. Help us to know that on the days in our human frailty that we just can't believe it on our own. Help us to be kind, loving people who care for one another and who help each other believe that on our worst days. And to know that when you say nothing is impossible, that means nothing. And that we too can be changed. And we too can share this story of you becoming one of us, loving us and redeeming us. And for that, we give you thanks in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's sermon series podcast from First United Methodist Church of Round Rock, Texas. For more information, you can find us online 
at fumc-rr.org or find us on social media at fumcrr.org.